Section 19 of The Natural History, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lawrence Trask. The Natural History, Volume 3 by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 19. Book 14. The Natural History of the Fruit Trees. Chapters 1 and 2. The Nature of the Vine, Its Mode of Fructification. Those which have been hitherto mentioned are nearly all of them exotic trees, which it is impossible to rear in any other than their native soil, and which are not to be naturalized in strange countries. It is now for us to speak of the more ordinary kinds, of all which Italy may be looked upon as more particularly the parent. Those who are well acquainted with the subject must only bear in mind that for the present we content ourselves with merely stating the different varieties of these trees, and not the mode of cultivating them, although there is no doubt that the characteristics of a tree depend very considerably upon its cultivation. At this fact I cannot sufficiently express my astonishment that of some trees all memory has utterly perished, and that the very names of some, of which we find various authors making mention, have wholly disappeared. And yet who does not readily admit that now, when intercommunications have been opened between all parts of the world, thanks to the majestic sway of the Roman Empire, civilization and the arts of life have made a rapid progress, owing to the interchange of commodities and the common enjoyment by all, of the blessings of peace, while at the same time a multitude of objects which formerly lay concealed are now revealed for our indiscriminate use. Still by Hercules, at the present day there are none to be found who have any acquaintance with much that has been handed down to us by the ancient writers. So much more comprehensive was the diligent research of our forefathers, or else so much more happily employed was their industry. It is a thousand years since Hesiod, at the very dawn, so to say of literature, first gave precepts for the guidance of the agriculturalist, an example which has since been followed by no small number of writers. Hence have originated considerable labors for ourselves, seeing that we have not only to inquire into the discoveries of modern times, but to ascertain as well what was known to the ancients, and this too in the very midst of that oblivion which the heedlessness of the present day has so greatly tended to generate. What causes, then, are we to assign for this lethargy, other than those feelings which we find actuating the public in general throughout all the world? New manners and usages, no doubt, have now come into vogue, and the minds of men are occupied with subjects of a totally different nature. The arts of avarice, in fact, are the only ones that are now cultivated. In days gone by, the sway and the destinies of states were bounded by their own narrow limits, and consequently the genius of the people was similarly circumscribed as well, through a sort of niggardliness that was thus displayed by fortune. Hence it became with them a matter of absolute necessity to employ the advantages of the understanding. Kings innumerable received the homage of the arts, and in making a display of the extent of their resources, gave the highest rank to those arts, entertaining the opinion that it was through them that they should ensure immortality. 
hence it was that due rewards in the various works of civilization were displayed in such vast abundance in those times for these later ages the enlarged boundaries of the habitable world and the vast extent of our empire have been a positive injury since the censor has been chosen for the extent of his property since the judge has been selected according to the magnitude of his fortune since it has become the fashion to consider that nothing reflects a higher merit upon the magistrate and the general than a large estate since the being destitute of heirs has begun to confer upon persons the very highest power and influence since legacy hunting has become the most lucrative of all professions and since it has been considered that the only real pleasures are those of possessing all the true enjoyments of life have been utterly lost sight of and all those arts which have derived the name of liberal from liberty that greatest blessing of life have come to deserve the contrary appellation servility alone being the passport to profit this servility each one has his own peculiar way of making most agreeable and of putting it in practice in reference to others the motives and the hopes of all tending to the one great object the acquisition of wealth indeed we may everywhere behold men even of naturally excellent qualities preferring to foster the vicious inclinations of others rather than cultivate their own talents we may therefore conclude by hercules that pleasure has now begun to live and that life truly so called has ceased to be as to ourselves however we shall continue our researches into matters now lost in oblivion nor shall we be deterred from pursuing our task by the trivial nature of some of our details a consideration which has in no way influenced us in our description of the animal world and yet we find that virgil that most admirable poet has allowed this to influence him in his omission to enlarge upon the beauties of the garden for happy and graceful poet as he is he is only called what we may call the flower of his subject indeed we find that he has only named in all some fifteen varieties of the grape three of the olive the same number of the pear and the citron of assyria and has passed over the rest in silence altogether with what then ought we to begin in preference to the vine the superiority in which has been so peculiarly ceded to italy that in this one blessing we may pronounce her to have surpassed those of all other nations of the earth with the sole exception of those that bear the various perfumes and even there when the vine is in flower there is not a perfume known which in exquisite sweetness can surpass it the vine has been justly reckoned by the ancients among the trees on account of its remarkable size in the city of populonium we see a statue of jupiter formed of the trunk of a single vine which has for ages remained proof against all decay and at massilia there is a patera made of the same wood at metapontium the temple of juno has long stood supported by pillars formed of the like material and even at the present day we ascend to the roof of the temple of diana at ephesus by stairs constructed it is said of the trunk of a single vine that was brought from cyprus the vines of that island often attaining a most remarkable size there is not a wood in existence of a more lasting nature than this I am strongly inclined, however, to be of opinion that the material of which these various articles were constructed was the wild vine. Chapter 3. The Nature of the Grape and the Cultivation of the Vine. 
the cultivated vine is kept down by pruning every year and all the strength of the tree is drawn as much as possible into the shoots or else thrown downward to the sets indeed it is only allowed to expand with the view of ensuring an abundant supply of juice a result which is obtained in various modes according to the peculiarities of the climate and the nature of the soil in campania they attach the vine to the poplar embracing the tree to which it is thus wedded the vine grasps the branches with its amorous arms and as it climbs holds on with its knotted trunk till it has reached the very summit the height being sometimes so stupendous that the vintager when hired is wont to stipulate for his funeral pile and a grave at the owner's expense the vine keeps continually on the increase and it is quite impossible to separate the two or rather i may say to tear them asunder valerianus cornelius has regarded it as one of the most remarkable facts that could be transmitted to posterity that single vines have known to surround villas and country houses with their shoots and creeping tendrils ever on the stretch at rome in the porticos of livia a single vine with its leaf-clad trellises protects with its shade and walks in the open air the fruit of it yields twelve amphora of must everywhere we find the vine overtopping the elm even and we read that cineus the ambassador of king pyrrhus when admiring the great heights of the vines at aricia wittily making allusion to the peculiar rough taste of wine remarked that it was with very good reason that they had hung the parent of it on so lofty a gibbet there is a tree in that part of italy which lies beyond the Padus, known as the rumpotinus or sometimes by the name opulus the broad circular stories of which are covered with vines whose branches wind upward in a serpentine form to the part where the boughs finally divide and then throwing out their tendrils disperse them in every direction among the straight and finger-like twigs which project from the branches there are vines also about as tall as a man of moderate height which are supported by props and they throw out their bristling tendrils form whole vineyards while others again in their inordinate love for climbing combined with skill on the part of the proprietor will cover even the very centre of the courtyard with their shoots and foliage so numerous are the varieties of the vine which even italy alone presents in some of the provinces the vine is able to stand of itself without anything to support it drawing in its bending branches and making up in its thickness for its stunted size in other places again the winds will not allow of this mode of culture as in africa for instance and various parts of the province of gallia narbonensis these vines being prevented from growing beyond the first branches and hence always retaining a resemblance to those plants which stand in need of the hoe trail along the ground just like them and every here and there suck up the juices from the earth to fill their grapes it is in consequence of this that in the interior of africa the clusters are known to exceed the body of an infant in size the wine of no country is more acid than those of africa but there is nowhere to be found a grape that is more agreeable for its firmness a circumstance which may very probably have given rise to its name of the hard grape as to the varieties of the grape although they are rendered innumerable by the size the color and the flavor of the berry 
they are multiplied even still more by the wines that they produce in one part they are lustrous with a rich purple color while in another again they glow with a rosy tint or else are glossy with their verdant hue the grapes that are merely white or black are the common sorts the bumastus swells out in form like a breast while that known as the dactylus has a berry of remarkable length nature too displays such varieties in these productions of hers that small grapes are often to be found adhering to the largest vines but of surpassing sweetness they are known by the name of leperajay some again will keep throughout the winter if care is taken to hang them to the ceiling with a string while others again will keep by virtue of their own natural freshness and vigor if put into earthen jars which are then enclosed in dolia and covered up with the fermenting husks of grapes some grapes receive from the smoke of the blacksmith's forge that remarkable flavor which it is also known to impart to wines it was the high name of the emperor tiberius that brought into such great repute the grapes that had been smoked in the smithies of africa before his time the highest rank at table was assigned to the grapes of redia and to those growing in the territory of verona raisins of the sun have the name of passi from having been submitted to the influence of the sun it is not uncommon to preserve grapes in must and so make them drunk with their own juices while there are some that are all the sweeter for being placed in must after it has been boiled others again are left to hang on the parent tree till a new crop has made its appearance by which time they have become as clear and as transparent as glass a stringent pitch if poured upon the footstalk of the grape will impart to it all that body and that firmness which when placed in dolia or amphora it gives to wine more recently too there has been discovered a vine which produces a fruit that imparts to its wine a strong flavor of pitch it is the famous grape that confers such celebrity on the territory of vienne and of which several varieties have recently enriched the territories of the arverni the sequani and the helvi it was unknown in the time of the poet virgil who has now been dead these ninety years in addition to these particulars need i make mention of the fact that the vine has been introduced into the camp and placed in the centurion's hand for the preservation of the supreme authority and command that this is the high reward which summons the lagging ranks to the eagles raised aloft and that even in chastisement for faults it tends to reflect honor upon the punishment it was the vineyard too that first afforded a notion the practical utility of which has been experienced in many a siege among the medicinal preparations too the vine holds so high a place that its very wines taken by themselves are efficacious as remedies for disease chapter four ninety one varieties of the vine democritus who has declared that he was acquainted with every variety of the grape known in greece is the only person who has been of opinion that every kind could be enumerated but on the other hand the rest of the authors have stated that they are quite innumerable and of infinite extent an assertion the truth of which will be more evident if only we consider the vast number of wines i shall not attempt then to speak of every kind of vine but only those that are most remarkable seeing that the varieties are very nearly as numberless as the districts in which they grow it will suffice then 
to point out those which are most remarkable among the vines or else are peculiar for some wonderful property the very highest rank is given to the aminian grape on account of the body and durability of its wine which improves with old age there are five varieties of the aminian grape of these the smaller germana or sister grape has a smaller berry than the rest and flowers more strongly being able to bear up against rain and tempestuous weather a thing that is not the case with the larger germana though it is less exposed to danger when attached to a tree than when supported only by a trellis another kind again has obtained the name of the gamella or twin grape because the clusters always grow in couples the flavor of the wine is extremely rough but it is remarkable for its strength of these several varieties the smaller one suffers from the south wind but receives nutriment from all the others upon mount vesuvius for instance and the hills of sorrentum in other parts of italy it has never grown except attached to trees the fifth kind is that known as the lonata or woolly grape so that we need not be surprised at the wool-bearing trees of the ceres or the indians for this grape is covered with a woolly down of remarkable thickness it is the first of the amanean vines that ripens but the grape decays with remarkable rapidity the second rank belongs to the vines of nomentum the wood of which is red from which circumstances the vines have received from some the name of rubella the grapes of this vine produce less wine than usual in consequence of the extraordinary quantity of husk and lees they throw off but the vine is remarkably strong is well able to stand the frost and is apt to receive more detriment from drought than from rain from heat than from cold hence it is that those are looked upon as the best that are grown in cold and moist localities that variety which has the smallest grape is considered the most fruitful the one which has a jagged leaf is less productive the vine known as the apiana has received that name from the bee an insect which is remarkably fond of it there are two varieties of this vine this grape too is covered in its young state with a kind of down the main difference between the two varieties is that the one ripens more rapidly than the other though this last ripens with considerable quickness a cold locality is not at all hurtful to them although there is no grape that ripens sooner these grapes however very soon rot in the rain the wines produced by this grape are sweet at first but contract a rough flavor in the course of years this vine is cultivated more than any other in etruria thus far we have made mention of the more celebrated vines among which are peculiar and indigenous to italy the rest have been introduced from chios or thassos the small greek grape is not inferior to the aminian for the excellence of its quality the berry is remarkably thin-skinned and the cluster so extremely small that it is not worth while cultivating it except on a soil of remarkable richness the eugenia so called from its high qualities has been introduced into the alban territory from the hills of taromenium it is found however to thrive only there for if transplanted elsewhere it degenerates immediately in fact there is in some vines so strong an attachment to their native soil that they leave behind them all their high repute and are never transplanted in their full entirety 
This is the case, too, with the Radian and the Allobrogian grapes, of which we have made mention above as the pitch-flavored grape. These are justly deemed excellent in their own country. While elsewhere they are held in no esteem at all, still, however, in consequence of their remarkable fertility, they make up for quality by abundance. The Eugenia thrives in spots which are scorching hot, the Radian vine in places of a more moderate temperature, and the Allobrogian in cold, exposed situations, the fruit being of a black color and ripened by the agency of frost. The wines produced from the vines of which we have hitherto made mention, even though the grapes are black, become all of them, when old, of a white complexion. The other vines are of no note in particular, though sometimes, thanks to some peculiarity, either in the climate or the soil, the wines produced from them attain a mature old age. Such, for instance, as the Ficinian wine and the Bitterigian, which blossoms at the same time with it, but has not so many grapes. The blossoms of these last-mentioned vines are not liable to receive injury, both because they are naturally but transitory, and have the power of resisting the action of both wind and storm. Still, however, those that grow in cold spots are considered superior to those produced in a warm site, and those found in moist places superior to those grown in dry, thirsty localities. The vine known as the visula, more than abundance of fruit, being unable to endure the extreme variations of the atmosphere, though it is very well able to stand a continuation of either cold or heat. Of this last kind, the smaller one is the best, but difficult to please in its choice. In a rich earth it is apt to rot, while in a thin soil it will come to nothing at all. In its fastidiousness it requires a soil of middling quality, and hence it is that so commonly found on the hills of the Sabine territory. Its grape is unsightly in appearance, but has a very pleasant flavor. If it is not gathered at the very moment that it is ripe, it will fall, even before it decays. The extreme size of the leaves and its natural hardiness are its great protection against the disastrous effects of hail. The grapes known as Helvelet are remarkable for the peculiarity of their color, which is a sort of midway between purple and black, but varies so frequently that it has made some persons give them the name of Variane. Of the two sorts of Helvelet, the black is the one generally preferred. They both of them produce every other year, but the wine is best when the vintage has been less abundant. The vine that is known as the Precia is also divided into two varieties, distinguished by the size of the grape. These vines produce a vast quantity of wood, and the grape is very good for preserving in jars. The leaves are similar in appearance to that of parsley. The people of Diracrium hold in high esteem the vine known as the Basilica, the same which in Spain is called the Cocolobus. The grapes of this vine grow in thin clusters, and it can stand great heat and the south winds. The wine produced from it is apt to fly to the head. The produce of the vine is very large. The people in Spain distinguish two kinds of this vine, the one with the oblong, the other with the round grape. They gather this fruit, the very last of all. The sweeter the cocolobus is, the more it is valued. But even if it has a rough taste, the wine will become sweet by keeping, while on the other hand that which was sweet at first will acquire a certain roughness, 
it is in this last state that the wine is thought to rival that of alba it is said that the juice of the grape is remarkably efficacious when drunk as a specific for diseases of the bladder the albulus produces most of its fruit at the top of the tree the visula at the bottom hence when planted around the same tree in consequence of these peculiarities in their nature they bear between them a twofold crop one of the black grapevines has been called the inarticula though it might with more propriety have been styled the sobria the wine from it is remarkably good and more particularly when old but though strong it is productive of no ill effects and indeed is the only wine that will not cause intoxication the abundance of their produce again recommends other vines to us and in the first place that known as the helvetica of this vine there are two kinds the larger which is by some called the long helvetica and the smaller kind which is known as the imarcum not so prolific as the first but producing a wine of more agreeable flavor it is distinguished by its rounded leaf but they are both of them of slender make it is requisite to place forks between these vines for the support of their branches as otherwise it would be quite impossible for them to support the weight of their produce they receive nutriment from the breezes that blow from the sea and foggy weather is injurious to them there is not one among the vines that manifests a greater aversion to italy for there it becomes comparatively leafless and stunted and soon decays while the wine which it produces there will not keep beyond the summer no vine however thrives better in a poor soil Gresinus, who has copied from the works of cornelius celsus gives it as his opinion that it is not that the nature of this vine is repugnant to the climate of italy but that it is the mode of cultivating it that is wrong and the anxiety to force it to put forth its shoots a mode of treatment he thinks which absorbs all its fertility unless the soil in which it is planted happens to be remarkably rich and by its support prevents it from being exhausted it is said that this vine is never carbuncled a remarkable quality if indeed it really is the fact that there is any vine in existence that is exempt from the natural influences of the climate the spiona by some called the spinea is able to bear heat very well and thrives in the autumn and rainy winter indeed it is the only one among all the vines that does well amid fogs for which reason it is peculiar to the territory of ravenna the vinicula is one of those that blossom the strongest and its grapes are particularly well adapted for preserving in jars the campanians however prefer to give it the name of scuricula while others again call it stacula teresina has a vine known as the numisiana it has no qualities of its own but has characteristics just according to the nature of the soil in which it is planted the wine however if kept in the earthen casks of the sorrentum is remarkable for its goodness that is to say as far south as vesuvius on arriving in that district we find the mergantina the very best among all those that come from sicily some indeed call the vine pompiana and it is more particularly fruitful when grown in latium just as the horconia is productive nowhere but in campania of a contrary nature is the vine known as the argeia and by virgil called argitis it makes the ground all the more productive 
and is remarkably stout in its resistance to rain and the effects of old age though it will hardly produce wine every year it is remarkable for the abundant crops which it bears though the grapes are held but in small esteem for eating the vine known as the medica lasts well for years and offers a successful resistance to all changes of weather the grape is black and the wine assumes a tawny hue when old the varieties that have been mentioned thus far are those that are generally known the others belong to peculiar countries or individual localities or else are of mixed nature the produce of grafting thus the vine known as tudernus is peculiar to the districts of etruria and so too is the vine that bears the name of florentia at Arisium, the talpona the estiesia and the consimina are particularly excellent the talpona which is a black grape produces a pale straw-colored must the estesia is apt to deceive the more wine it produces the better the quality but it is a remarkable fact that just as it has reached that point its fecundity ceases altogether the consemina bears a black grape but its wine will not keep though the grape itself is a most excellent keeper it is gathered fifteen days later than any other kind of grape this vine is very fruitful but its grape is only good for eating the leaves of this tree like those of the wild vine turn the color of blood just before the fall the same is the case also with some other varieties but it is a proof that they are of very inferior quality the urdiola is a vine peculiar to umbria and the territories of mavania and picenum while the pumula belongs to amaternum in the same districts we find the vine called bananica which is very deceptive though the people are remarkably fond of its fruit the municipal town of pompeii has given its name to the pompeia although it is to be found in greater abundance in the territory of clusium the tiburina also is so called from the municipal town of tiber although it is in this district they have lately discovered the grape known as the oleaginia from its strong resemblance to an olive this being the very last kind of grape that has been introduced the sabines and the laurentes are the only people acquainted with the vinaciola as to the vines of mount garas i am aware as they have been transplanted from the falernian territory they bear the name falernian but it is a fact that the falernian vine when transplanted rapidly degenerates some persons too have made out a tarentine variety with a grape of remarkable sweetness the grapes of the capneos the buchaniitis and the terupia grow on the hills of thury and are never gathered till after the frost commences pisa enjoys the parian vine and mutina the prusinian with a black grape the wine of which turns pale within four years it is a very remarkable thing but there is a grape here that turns round with the sun in its diurnal motion a circumstance from which it has received the name of streptos in italy the gallic vine is a great favorite well beyond the alps that of picenum is preferred virgil has made mention of the thessian vine the mariotis the lagia and several other foreign varieties which are not to be found in italy there are some vines again that are remarkable not for their wine but for their grapes such for instance as the ambrosia one of the duracanus kind a grape which requires no potting 
but will keep perfectly well if left on the vine so remarkable is the strength with which it is endowed for withstanding the effects of cold heat and stormy weather the orthampelos too is a vine that requires neither tree nor stay as it is well able to sustain its own weight this however is not the case with dactylus the stem of which is no thicker than the finger the columbina is one of those with the finest clusters and still more so is the purple biamia it does not bear in clusters but only secondary bunches there is the tripidania too a name which it owes to the length of its clusters and the scrupula with its shriveled berry the raetica too is so called in the maritime alps though very different from the grape of that name which is so highly esteemed and of which we have previously spoken for in this variety the clusters are small the grapes lie closely packed and it produces but a poor wine it has however the thinnest skin of all the grapes and a single stone of very diminutive size which is known as the chian one or two of the grapes on the cluster are remarkably large there is also the black Armenian, to which the name syriaca is given the spanish vine too the very best of all those of inferior quality the grapes that are known as escaray are grown on trellises of the duracinus kind these are those known as the white and the black varieties the bomastus too is similarly distinguished in color among the vines too that have not as yet been mentioned there are the aegean and the rhodian kinds as also the unicialis so called it would seem from its grape being an ounce in weight there is the piscina too the blackest grape known and the stephanitis the clusters of which nature in a sportive mood has arranged in the form of a garland the leaves being interspersed among the grapes there are the grapes too known as the forensis and which quickly come to maturity recommend themselves to the buyer by their good looks and are easily carried from place to place on the other hand those known as the sinursa are condemned by their very looks and so are the rabuscula and the asinusca the produce of the alopesis which also resembles in color a fox's tail is held in less disesteem the alexandrina is the name of the vine that grows in the vicinity of philacra it is of stunted growth and has branches a cubit in length the grape is black about the size of a bean with a berry that is soft and remarkably small the clusters hang in a slanting direction and are remarkably sweet the leaves are small and round without any division within the last seven years there has been introduced at alba helvia in the province of gallia narbonensis a vine which blossoms but a single day and is consequently proof against all accidents the name given to it is narbonica and it is now planted throughout the whole of that province End of section 19. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio. InterfaceAudio.com.